Welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast, where we discuss all things related to the growing field of agile marketing. This podcast is co-produced by Frank Days and the Agile Marketing Alliance so that we can learn, share, and grow together. I'm Frank Days, and I'll be your host for today's episode. We have the great pleasure of speaking again with Richard Delahaye, the Vice President of Marketing at Barracuda MSP. When we last talked in late 2015, this was soon after his employer Intronus was acquired by the cybersecurity company Barracuda. Richard, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Frank. I'm excited to be here. In this episode, we'll talk about how Richard and his team have evolved their agile practice over the last eight years and how he's building an agile culture. Well, let's get started. Well, Richard, it's been a while, right? What's new professionally for you since we last talked? For me, big, big things that have happened in the past uh, eight years. Intronus getting acquired by a cybersecurity company means that now uh, we're in an industry where we're sort of headline news. I mean, we don't want to be headline news as a company, but cybersecurity is headline news. Uh, You don't have to look far to learn about the latest breach or latest attack or latest hack. And that's exciting because it means that I get to go to work every day and my team and my and the employees of the company get to go to work every day and, and have a real sense of purpose and see the value and relevance of, of what they're doing, uh, you know, protecting businesses from, uh, from the bad guys. For my part, I also uh, got a promotion. Uh, previously, when we last spoke, I was responsible for Americas only, but now I'm lucky enough to be leading a fantastic team of about 20 marketers worldwide including some fantastic directors who are leading in-office and remote teams globally and crosses you know, almost the whole gamut, digital marketing, content, field marketing, demand generation, operations, product, and a little bit of creative in there as well. And then I think uh, professionally, in terms of what I'm involved in, in addition to all that good marketing stuff, increasingly been involved in more company-wide projects so with some of the acquisitions that we've done those projects have ranged from you know smashing a handful of salesforce instances together which was lots of fun and sort of plugging marketo into that and we're doing some exciting stuff there and for anybody who's been part of projects like that you know that the work is never done and so you know continuing to make improvements and uh and for me it's been a really interesting way to learn more about the business. So I try and broaden my horizons beyond just marketing. Sounds like a much bigger footprint and a much bigger organization, right? It's great. It's one of those things where, in fact, I think it was you, Frank, that told me, you know, in, in your career, you can become a specialist and you can become the best of the world in the world at one thing, or can become a generalist and be able to sort of add value at at a higher level and a broader level in the company. And certainly it's been fascinating seeing how some other parts of the company work and other departments. So can you share a little bit how Agile has evolved in your team over that time period? As you and I have chatted about many times, you know, my, my kind of brand or flavor of Agile is certainly one with a small A, or as I sometimes like to call it, Agile light. But there is still some some really important aspects of Agile, which I which I cling to and try and instill in my team as well. So I think the first one, and when you think about where Agile came from, it's about understanding that things are always changing. We don't have to look very far to see this in action as the pace of technological change is breathtaking and seems to continue to accelerate. And But I think part of being Agile is also planning for that change, changes that you don't even know what they are yet. But ideally, you want to make sure that you're set up to be able to handle those changes and 
to help your team handle those changes before those changes are thrust upon you, uh, which sends the team scrambling. So, you know, examples, some big changes that we've seen in the last few years. COVID was a big change for everybody in so many ways. And then, you know, I always think about the on a sort of a, a longer term basis, I always think about the social media platforms, whether it's Facebook turning into Meta and then Instagram trying to be more like TikTok and all of these things just move so quickly. And whatever industry you're in, you know, you can't escape that level of change. But on a more tactical level for marketers, uh, some of the changes that we see, our sales org changes quite a lot. You know, uh, typically people move around in, in sales, uh, at least on an annual basis. But in our case, sometimes we're changing our sales tactics sort of midway through the year. So almost on a, on a six month by six month basis. And as marketing, we need to be able to adapt to that. And I think another thing that we run into a lot in marketing is how fresh an offer is. You know, if you manage to put together an offer that really gets some traction early on, it's sometimes amazing how quickly that can kind of burn out and you have to try and find something else that's going to grab people's attention. I mean, I don't know what your email inbox is like, but mine is kind of a mess. So really always looking for something to try and uh, grab people's attention. Uh, another huge part of Agile for me is listening to the market. Barracuda, we have an advocate program using a platform called Influitive, which is just fantastic. You know, if we have a question for customers, we can usually get a handful of answers via that advocate platform in just a matter of hours, which is hugely valuable. Any concept that we're testing or any decision that we're trying to make, you know, we have the ability to ask that question of our customers and have some real-time responses from the market, you know, same day. And that helps us to stay in tune with, with what's going on out there. The, this, the other big piece of it as well when it comes to Agile is speed and flexibility. So one of the things that my boss likes and that our sales leaders like is how quickly Agile allows us to move and uh, spin up new stuff. Um, so if there's a new opportunity, a new campaign, we're able to get it out into the field as a test or a pilot pretty quickly um, and then scale it up if promising. But I do coach my team on trying not to be too reactive. I mean, I tell them that we ne I'd never want to be leading a marketing organization where when sales says jump, we say how high. <laughs> so, so we tend to push back on things that won't scale. So when somebody comes to us with an idea, if it looks like an idea that if it works, it can scale, then we'll say yes. But if they come to us with an idea that looks like it won't scale, like sending holiday greetings cards to their partners, we usually push back on that and say, you know, is that really worth the setup time and the work if it's something that we can't repeat? When we last talked, you, you guys were pretty disciplined about your agile practice, right? I, my recollection is that had scrum, scrum masters and were very diligent about counting story points. I mean, very, very, I was impressed. You had a great scrum master who was kind of leading the way. How has that changed now that your team is bigger and you've got a, you know, more global footprint and all that? Yeah, that's a great question, Frank. And I think actually it's interesting you mentioned the team getting bigger, right? Because I think the best way that I can describe this is actually there's a there's a kind of another thing, you know, that's changed in my life over the last few years is that uh, I now have kids. And uh, for anybody who's listening who uh, who's, who's also a parent, then, uh, you know, this might ring true for you. So as your team gets bigger, <laughs> then, uh, you know, you have to find ways to deal with new challenges. And I always think it's funny when you think of, those those shows that the home improvement shows like HGTV and 
property brothers and stuff like that and whenever they do a kid's room it always has something like love or creativity or or beauty or something like that plastered across the walls and what we found as parents is actually if we designed our kids rooms with a logo like that it would just say whatever works <laughs> so so i think that's part of the reason why our agile has changed a little bit at uh, at the company is just because you know we found that which through growing pains then what I try and coach the team on is let's just do whatever works. So I think a couple of big things you mentioned, we had a very keen scrum master who left. And so that's one of the reasons why we're sort of not doing as much on the story points and the retrospectives yeah. and having a scrum master on every team and that kind of thing. Cause that person was sort of really, really pushing that. But I think another thing is as the team has grown and we've added more layers into the marketing org, then I try not to be so prospective prescriptive with the team about how I want them to operate. And they also appreciate that. They don't want me kind of coming in every day saying, why aren't we managing things this way? Why aren't we, why aren't we doing scrum by the letter? And so I think those things really are some of the main sort of reasons why we are, we're not quite doing it as diligently as we were when we last spoke. But at the same time, the team has also made their own innovations in terms of focusing on the flexibility and the speed and the agility that they want to move with. So on the technology side, we've played around with some platforms like Trello, Rike, Monday.com, and a new one that I became aware of just recently is Miro um, for yeah. managing projects and expectations with other team members. We've had some great success with that. I think Monday.com is one of the ones that the team likes the most. It's, uh, it's, it's great for transparency. It's great for, uh, to, for managing that workload. But then another one, that I mentioned, Miro, I really like it. I've only started using it in the last couple of months. And it's sort of like a giant virtual pin board or whiteboard where you can easily kind of zoom in and zoom out. And I love that because of the, the visual aspect of how all the information is arranged. So if you think about, you know, Agile with your post-its and moving your post-its from, from started to done, you can sort of take that to the next level with a platform like Miro where you can just throw anything that is relevant to the project up on that project sheet and, uh, and everybody gets a, a picture of, uh, of what's going on. But one thing that I really want to emphasize here is however you're doing Agile, if you're really sticking to it in the more the stricter sense, or if you're just doing it maybe a little more loosely like we are, the, the data side of things and the measurement side of things is so vital um, because being speedy, being flexible is one thing. But alongside that flexibility, I think it's so important that you have some process put in place so that you can actually tell what's working and what isn't. And because if you can't do that, then you sort of end up chasing your tail, right? Because it's always the flavor of the month. You know, what does this sales leader want to do? What does this sales leader want to do? Oh, yeah, we can do that. But if you can't actually tell if it's working because you don't have the measurement and the campaign structure and everything in place, then, you know, it starts to work against you. Because you value that flexibility and you value that speed. But if you can't say, actually, no, we're not doing that anymore because we've measured it against the benchmarks and it's not working, then you end up spreading yourselves too thin. And, and that's then counterproductive and it's, it's you know, demotivating for the team. Absent that data and the measurement, it often ends up being a circular conversation that I, I have. You know, I think it's the old hey, we did this trade show this year. The sales rep is hounding us hard sell to sign up for next year. 
because there's going to be no booths net left. And absent that data, you're really just grasping in the dark. And right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. without that data, without that intelligence, it's hard to be agile and make intelligent decisions in real time. The more responsive you are, then the more people will ask you for things. And so yeah. to be some checks and balances <laughs> there so that, you know, you don't just end up with everybody working flat out the whole time. Yeah. Really moving it's the some, needle. There's some clear priorities, right? At the epic level, maybe. I mean, that's been one thing I like to try to do. And it's a discipline that I fall out of periodically is having a meeting every two to four weeks where you get your multiple scrum teams together to look at epics together and kind of do that. If we were doing something like scalable, agile, safe or something like that, then you have some, so you have some rituals that are more common at that higher level. But when you're kind of in a tweener state, like where you are or where I currently am, those big rituals don't always, or maybe a little bit too much overall. Hey, can you share a little bit how you describe the agile culture of your team? As I sort of mentioned a little bit earlier, I think one of the big things is it helps the team to embrace uh, change because we're all facing so much change in our personal lives, in our professional lives. And so by emphasizing speed and agility, then it helps everybody sort of not to cling on to doing things the way we used to do them and instead looking for new opportunities and looking for ways to pivot quickly in order to in order to find ways to uh, to improve or to, to sort of seize new opportunities in new markets. And I think something else on the culture side that's really important is we have company values. We have a set of company values that we talk about a lot. And one of the most popular one of those is succeed together. And I feel that having an agile approach really helps people to collaborate. You know, everybody has their, their tasks that they have to get done, but it's sort of... It, it sows that seed of that willingness and preparedness to pivot when there's a need or there's an opportunity. And, and I think that makes it an exciting environment to work in. And something that I've been talking to a lot of my, my team about is almost the idea of having things in three buckets where you have one bucket, which is your the work that you're doing right now, the work that is you plan to do as part of your sprint. And that's, that, that's what you're going to be working on in the, in the near future. But then, as everybody knows, you have another bucket, which is all the work that you would like to get to if that work that you're currently doing is something that you can get done quickly or more quickly than you're expecting, or if maybe something you can delegate or something somebody else can take off your plate. And so there's that other bucket where if you had time, then those are all high-value activities that you would like to do. But then I also try and coach the team on you need to have an empty bucket because inevitably somebody's going to come along and drop something in that bucket. And yeah, it may be yeah. that you have to bring it into what you're currently doing and push something else out. Or it may be that we have to drop everything and, and, and all get together and work on what just landed in that bucket. And But also sometimes when somebody drops something in your bucket, you say, hey, you dropped this. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what do you want me to do? I've got here are the things that I'm working on right now. Here are the priorities for the team. This isn't something that we can just we can just do. We don't have any spare capacity. And I think that's an area where Scrum and Agile really helps is because everybody has that visibility and accountability of what they're supposed to be working on. And being flexible is great because we want the rest of the organization to recognize how flexible marketing is. But you also have to be able to say no 
or you have to be able to say, well, actually, my sprint is full right now. I'm not going to be able to even look at this until yeah. the next move. And, you know, I know this isn't always a, a popular thing to say with uh, with some of somebody outside of marketing, but everybody in marketing knows this. Sometimes when somebody asks you to do something and then you can tell them no in a way that, you know, doesn't doesn't get on their nerves or doesn't feel like they're not being listened to, sometimes yeah, yeah. that thing just evaporates <laughs> over time. Funny, funny how that happens, right? All of a sudden it's not important anymore. And that is the reality that we live in, right? And I don't, I don't share this very widely outside of marketing circles, but with my team, I coach them on that a lot, which is that this, seem, this may seem like the most important thing in the world right now, but actually, if it really isn't that important, then you might find out that it's even less important than you thought it was. Yeah. So any cultural clashes between, I'll say, the forces of evil in Waterfall Land versus the, force, the good guys over in uh, Agile Land? So this is funny. So I learned a phrase or a word, I should say, a few years ago, working on some of these bigger infrastructure projects. And this was talking to an engineer, actually, because, of course, Agile really started in engineering, right? And we adapted it for marketing. Right, um, right. And, and he talked about Agile Fall. And so Agile Fall, in his mind, is worse than either Waterfall or Agile. Because at least with Waterfall, <laughs> you have some structure, right? And everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And maybe project will take longer than you expect, and what you produce may not be the best, but at least there's uh, order. And then some, job is, some degree of certainty. That... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, and then with Agile, right, you're treating what you're working on as a living, breathing entity. You're gathering real-time feedback. You're making changes on the fly. You're, you're sort of splitting the work up into small chunks. So yep. with all the benefits that that provides. But I would say Agile right. is worse <laughs> in many ways than either of those. Actually. I'm not familiar with that term, but I'm going to now use that. That's yeah. a great one. That is a great one. Well, Richard, this was amazing to catch up with you again. A question we often ask guests, and I think we probably asked you this question back in 2015. Any advice you have for someone who's getting started and trying to figure it out? Yeah. I mean, you asked me the same question actually last time we spoke. And I I don't know if... I don't know if my answers really changed that much. I, I think having somebody like I did back when we last spoke, who's really into it, into the details of it and can help really drive the team's adoption of it. If you can find somebody like that, and that's a great way to get into it. But I think if you don't have that person, then, you know, you, I would suggest talking to your team about it and saying, you know, asking them what they know about it, asking them what they have experienced regarding agile. And usually somebody will say, well, we did my last company and, Maybe it yeah. worked for this reason or it didn't quite work for that reason. And then if you can get that conversation going, then I would absolutely encourage you just to focus on how can you be more flexible? How can you be more responsive without being reactive, if that makes sense? Yeah. And, and for me, if you really don't know where to start, then what I always tell everybody, and this has been so valuable for us, is just meet with your team every morning, even if it's just for 15 minutes. And even if you just talk about what you did over the weekend or whatever it might be, the things that that bubble up in those conversations and then being able to have the whole team there to kind of pivot if necessary, that for me is, I wouldn't say it's 80% of the value, but it's definitely 50% of the value of an agile approach. Just getting the team together every day, having those conversations, making everybody feel like they can bring stuff up on a daily basis and then you can solve problems in real time as a team and so my team's big enough now that it's that's just just not one meeting we have several yeah. meetings like that so we have the the individual teams do those meetings 
together. And then after that, we have what we call the scrum of scrums, which is yep. when we the leaders get together and we, we talk about anything and everything that's come up in those other meetings. And for me, if you just do that, then you're already on, on the road to being a more flexible and more agile marketing organization. Well, Richard, thank you again, as usual, deep, thoughtful insights, and always great to just catch up in general. As a reminder to our listeners out there, you can find old episodes of the Marketing Agility Podcast, including Richard's from 2015 at agilemarketingblog.com. If you'd like to tap into all the amazing resources of the Agile Marketing Alliance, stop by and sign up for the Agile Marketing Alliance. Their, their membership is growing and there are more resources going online. Thank you, Jim and Melissa, for making that happen. And thanks you again, Richard, for joining us. And thank you, everyone. And please stay agile.